Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hello and welcome to the show this week. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I'm here to help you create unpredictable workshop experiences that predictably work. We are at episode 159 of the show. This is a solo episode. Now, this episode will be very helpful for you if you're a person who relies on other people within a company to drive your own outcomes. What do I mean by that? The success of your project is dependent upon other people. This is very common, I'm finding. Um, When I worked internally for a global organization, I had to rely on people that I'd never met in person and also extremely busy people. I needed a response from them. I needed approval for them because I was working with their teams. I needed a decision. And more often than not, things were delayed because I couldn't get that information in time. I'm also bringing in a perspective as a consultant, working and partnering with an organization last year on that that 20-week project I keep alluding to. I can't talk about the details of the project, obviously, but what I can do is share how I had to rethink the way that I worked and communicated in order to get buy-in, to win trust without physically meeting the people, the major stakeholders that I was working with for the first six to seven weeks. It definitely got easier when I I got face-to-face, but there, I really had to, I was struggling. Honestly, I was like, how do I get time and attention and, and emails just don't work. So in this episode, I'll be sharing some strategies that I picked up and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. Before I jump in, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. First of all, the Flipchart Facebook group is going off at the moment. Uh, there's so much love, ideas, questions, comments, cool links being shared in that. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Also, this podcast was generated over a mocha over a coffee and I'd like to thank Gay Rutherford and Carolyn Ramirez for shouting me coffees this month. Oh my goodness, it's been super effective. Um, if you'd like to sponsor my brainstorming of ideas, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Leanne Hughes. Now onto the show. The reason that I've called this episode and, and really riffed off Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, is because what he says in that book is absolutely applicable in the online world. I'm just here to give you some more pragmatic approaches. So if you haven't read that book, I remember I think my dad gave me the book and I was like, what? You think I need to win friends? It's ex- it's excellent. It's a timeless classic. Dale shares tips like don't criticize, condemn or complain. Give honest and s- sincere appreciation be a good listener, encourage others to talk about themselves, talk in terms of the other person's interest. Hey, this is like a number one thing that I would recommend um, that I'll share with you in terms of pragmatic approaches to it. Um, If you are wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Begin in a friendly way. And this one I love also. I I love them all, but I love this one. Make the other person happy about doing the thing that you suggest. Oh, it's great. I'll pop a link to his book in the show notes for this one. Uh, like I said, absolute classic. And I've just sort of got some of those learnings and figured out, oh, that's how you actually bring it into the world that you that we're in now. When I worked for this global company, I would have a lot of my major stakeholders were in the same office as me. So prior to COVID and virtual work, the strategy that I used to actually get their attention was I would sit outside. There was a, a coffee shop next to the office that I worked at called Couch. And uh, a few, my, my manager and my colleague would just sit out there really early. Like we usually get to, got to work at about quarter to seven, sit there at seven and have our sort of check-in. Now, while we were just talking and catching up for the day, 
all of our executives, senior leaders would be in and out of that office grabbing their morning coffee. And so they're in a mood where they're outside, they've got their coffee in hand, they're feeling really good. And honestly, we got the best decisions being made at the coffee shop. We got information that we needed to progress our projects. So it was kind of like a strategic coffee uh, and it was awesome. So we're missing that, right? This is what we're missing. We're missing that incidental, well, it wasn't really incidental, was it? It was orchestrated. (laughs) Um, Orchestrated ability to get that type of feedback in the moment. We also had the luxury of sometimes with things we're getting a little bit, I feel a bit of apprehension on a project and like I'm not getting the answer. I just get on a lift and walk into their office and hope hope they were there. Um, The other strategy was becoming good mates with the executive assistants who are awesome. I think they're the most underrated people in organizations. I think they're the number one stakeholder that you need to link up to. Again, I don't mean that in a transactional way, like genuinely show an interest, develop rapport, find out more about them. We had just some awesome EAs. That was very easy for me at my old job because they were just super pleasant to be around, friendly and amazing at their job. And I remember when my colleague and I were bringing this internal mentoring program in, the first sort of stakeholders that we sat down with to talk about it were the executive assistants. And I'll give a shout out to my friend uh, and colleague, Geordie Sortel. Uh, that was her idea. And the just their, the fact that they've got their ears to the ground and they know what's going on in the pulse of the business makes them probably the most underrated stakeholders that you can have uh, when you're working for a big organization. So those are my face-to-face approaches. February 2021, where are we now? I think people are really time poor. People are always time poor. Um, life is just getting busier and busier as we move along. People are also over virtual meetings and calls that go for 60 minutes, I think. We see that in our calendar. It's not exciting. I've spoken about this before. I I was feeling this maybe six months ago, uh, but it's just getting more and more like that. So here are my random tips in no particular order on, on things that we can do to really build that rapport and influence people that we have never met before to do the things that will help drive that project forward. The first one is to nail your audio. I was constantly surprised at when working with corporate people and in organizations, no one has decent audio. Now, why does that why this surprise me is because I'm living in a bubble, right? I talk to other facilitators on the podcast. I talk to other podcasters. So when we jump on Zoom calls, we're all set up. We've got great webcams, great backgrounds, lighting, and we have a separate microphone because we understand the importance of audio. Now in corporate, you find that no one, no one has a microphone and they're constantly surprised. So when, so it was an instant sort of talking point when I jumped on and like, oh wow, you've got a microphone. And then we discussed like, oh yeah, how does that sound for you? And they're like, wow, it actually sounds really good. And I don't think a lot of people really understand the importance of strong audio, particularly when it comes to mitigating against Zoom fatigue and everything else. If we make it easier for people to listen to us, they're more inclined to. Um, and then after the period of about six to eight weeks where I could actually fly up to central Queensland and meet people face to face, they're like, oh yeah, where's your microphone? It, was, it became this joke, but it was a bit of commonality as well. And it provides a bit of interest, right? So something that you can do, if even if you're on video, that just shows who you are as a human, right? What's in your background? What books have you got? What personality are you bringing? Because as we know, this is a connection game. So for me, it was the microphone. Uh, Sometimes I will hide it though. Like if I'm doing a 360 degree feedback thing, I'll hide the microphone because I don't want it to seem like I'm interrogating someone. Uh, But just for general calls, people notice if they don't see it, they, they can hear the difference and it is massive. Okay, number two, 
Speaking of audio, I love thinking about ways that are asynchronous. Uh, so I guess the question I always throw around is if I could not send an email, what else can I do? And there's numerous ways of communicating, which will form part of these strategies. But what I discovered is that, yeah, you can call people. Now, I'm I'm at the cusp of being a millennial, right? So I'm like an older millennial. I don't know what they call us, but I'm just on the cusp there. So I don't actually like getting phone calls. I find them really disruptive. Like I might be in the flow of working on something and with a phone call, you don't know if it's a 30 second question or a two minute thing, or if it's something that's going to go a bit longer. So where can I, I like to schedule either calls so I know I can prep and, and put the time in or um, what's the other option? You can text someone. I like sending audio notes. And if someone else has an iPhone that you're working with, you can shoot them like a 60 second audio note. Now, the reason why I love this is because, well, as podcast listeners, you know the value of audio. You can really develop a relationship with someone by hearing their voice. Email cuts out all of that, as we know, the intention behind it. Um, and it's just like really built up that sense of familiarity. I, I kind of, because I was working in the high-risk industry, I was calling it the walkie-talkie on demand. I know that you got Voxer, but don't expect people to download another app. If you're working with someone else that has an iPhone, you can tell really easily uh, when you message them, it just turns blue and turn and not green. You can just hit that button and record a note. And like I said, limit it to, to about 60 seconds, get your point across uh, and shoot that through to them. And then they can listen in their own time and then hit you back either through a phone call or a text or something else to get, the, to get an answer. If you're using messaging, you can also send things like giphys and again, depending on who your audience is and, and what they like. Audio notes, I, I found work beautifully for people that are busy and it just cuts through email because it's your voice. I also did this actually. I also uh, recorded voice notes using the voice memo thing and then I would attach that to an email just to give more context on something. I know that was a weird strategy, but it also worked. I was using this as a platform to experiment to see what worked. And i tell you what, voice totally works. So um, let me know if you try it in your organization and or in your consulting gig and what happens. Okay, next one. I'm going to stop numbering these because I kind of, I'm just riffing here. Is to work through people who already have a relationship with that person. Often times when we come in with a new project, we feel like we've got to set new project meetings. I find though that is not an incentive. Like let's just say I'm a lead, I'm a leader and there's a new project being it's being brought into the company that I've got to lead or be a part of. And I see the project come in and then I see another 18 meeting requests in my calendar. Do you think I'm going to love that new project or yeah, I, I don't think so. Right. We're all trying to protect our time. So the key thing is is there a way that you can get in on someone else's standing meeting with that person and then become really clear? Like you don't need, do you, you don't need, if they've got a 30 minute meeting, you may only need five or 10 minutes of that. In that case, just talk about the one key thing that you need to get from them to move the project forward. So in the lead up to that meeting, you can use tools like voice notes to give them a bit more context and then it's you need a decision in the, in the five or ten minutes that you're in that standing meeting. So instead of jumping in and creating new meetings, see what existing things there are already. And of course, if you are working with someone that has that existing relationship, maybe you can ask them to get to just to check in and go, hey, Leanne sent you that voice note or Leanne did whatever. 
uh, and can you give her a call or chase that up? So then you're using an existing relationship to drive your message forward. Okay. Uh, I talk about asynchronous all the time. In terms of other ways that you can have asynchronous communication, what that means is we don't have to jump on a live call together. Uh, is could you have like a live document that you're working on and become make it really clear on what you need from them. So it could be this live document, a project plan, and in bright yellow say, hey, I need your input on this. I think a lot of the time when we ask for information, we're actually quite vague and that doesn't make it easy for the other person to respond. So the more explicit you are in that commentary for the document uh, or the commentary on what you need, the better. This also applies to any email that you send. If you have to send an email uh, up front in the subject line, be very clear. I need you to make a decision. This is just information. So we use inform, question, put that up front so they know what it is. And then in the first sentence to say, I need your answer on this. And then if you need to go into a bit more context later on in bullet points, but just be clear. So many emails I still see, it's like, I'm reading this email and thinking, what do they want from me? Like, okay, I get it. Information, great, mm-hmm, cool. What do you want? So just in the first sentence, go, this is what I want, ask it, and then provide the context after because we're all scanning. We're all constantly just reprioritizing. Now, this also applies when you do have a meeting right up front, say in like in the first couple of minutes, say the intention of this meeting is, what I want from this meeting is, this is the outcome. Be very clear with that. And do you know what? They might have an answer for you in the first five minutes. Instead of you presenting something and going, okay, now what do you think? You can cut out that time and just go, this is what we're talking about. Do you have an idea right now? What is that? And if you need further conversation, then then have it. Um, the, the best thing that you can do is give back time. So if you've set a 30 or 60 minute meeting, it doesn't have to go for that long. How great is it? If someone says, great, well, we've just, we've nutted that out in 12 minutes and let me give you back some time in your day. What has that done for your brand? Every time they see a meeting request from you now, they might have a more positive spin or a more positive motivation to attend that as opposed to, okay, we had a 30 minute meeting and it dragged out to 45. What you want to create is when they see your name on an email or on a voice note or on a meeting request that they're like, oh, I'm excited about going to this. I don't feel like, oh, so-and-so is running this meeting. We all do it. I don't mean to be condescending at all, but it's a human thing. Like I would, maybe I am condescending, but certain people in an organization, you get meetings or phone calls from and you're like, oh, this is going to be a long meeting or this conversation is going to go on for a while. So you want to create a brand for yourself where it's like, I know that what we're going to do in this catch up or in this forum is going to be productive and energizing. And so I want to be there. So how do you create that? Well, I gave you that example of being very clear with your intentions, your outcomes. The other thing I think is actually, uh, and what Dale Carnegie talks about a lot is actually, yeah, being friendly and uh, what Mark Bowden has spoken about in this podcast before, leading the energy. Because everyone's so worn out, people jump on these calls and it's kind of like laggy. But if you're that type of person that shows up, brings the energy, things are prepared, things are different, you're going to get more excitement and buy-in to the people wanting to rock up to your meetings and, and be willing to contribute. So for you to do that, that uh, well, listen to every other podcast about virtual sessions. But yeah, you got to lead the energy and come in. Uh, do that pre-work beforehand. So set the clear intentions again beforehand and create some sort of excitement. 
to what you're about to present or show or discuss. Often when we are working on projects or anything at work, we only really contact a person when we need them. Uh, Let's talk about Stephen Covey's emotional bank account. So he says that you've got to uh, add to the bank account. So the metaphor is you've got to put money into the bank account before you can withdraw. Same as in relationships, right? You've got to invest in the relationship before you can withdraw. Now, often what we see in companies and what I was certainly doing before I really thought about this metaphor in work was I would think I would just contact people when I needed them to respond to something or I needed their assistance to move something forward. And I'm like, how, how do I invest in that relationship? So how do you invest in a relationship and how do you start contributing without feeling like you're like wasting their time or annoying them? Uh, a couple of things back to what Dale Carnegie says, it's what's, what's in it for them and entertainment, <laughs> entertainment and humor are things that we're still searching for. So if you see like a funny article, like we used to do this back in the day, right before we had Facebook, we would email people like funny YouTube videos or uh, things that you could relate back to back to the workplace or, you know, fu- funny giffies, how, giffy email threads are just awesome. So it could be in the case of after a meeting, if they've contributed something that's been awesome, send them a note and just say, hey, thanks so much. That was, I really appreciated you, you talking up on this point. And then send them a cool giffy of like Jimmy Fallon doing something or it's my, it's might sound like a really obvious strategy, but no one really does that. No one does the follow-up that loop in of appreciation. So everyone loves a bit of recognition, right? We all do. We just like having you know, a simple thank you or someone calling it out. There's forums to do that. If you are having a meeting with a few people there and someone's done something great, acknowledge them and in that forum and just say, hey, so-and-so did this, be very specific. This is what they did and uh, this is the impact it had. So that's one way of doing it. It's an open forum. And noting that person, you can shoot through um, useful videos, articles to that person, but don't just send it generically and go, hey, here's a cool article. Go, I, I'm sending you this article because I know that you have an interest in, um, and it doesn't have to be work-related. It could be, I know that you're a Chelsea supporter and I found this link. What do you think of this? Okay, so it's all that building that human connection and contacting them, them at times where you don't need them to give you stuff. If you want, there's cool apps right now. In Australia, there's an app called Shouter, S-H-O-U-T-A. If you have someone's mobile number, you can shout them a coffee. So you can just do something like that and just go, hey, here's a, here's a quick coffee. I know we're an hour standing. We've got a meeting today. Grab a coffee and let's go for a walk and talk. Now on that note, standing meetings, I don't know if I'm a fan. I'm still trying to figure it out. I think there's a time and a place for them. I think it's very contextual whether you need a stand-up meeting or not. I would say it's a bit like situational leadership, right? So... In the first part of working with a project team, it's probably worth having a routine of meeting up like for the first three or four weeks to get just the communication and connection going and then you don't need it as frequently or not at all. In terms of those standing meetings, if you've got like a weekly meeting, check in with someone, can you theme those meetings? So it could be, like I said before, a walk and talk. So it's like, right, we're going to meet for 20 minutes at eight o'clock every Thursday and this will be our walk and talk. So let's get your AirPods in. We're going to just have a phone call and we're just going to both walk wherever we are in the world or yeah, wherever we are in the world, if time zones align and check in. You don't need to be sitting at a screen to do that. Uh, You could also have like 15 minute coffees, just add a name, call it something other than standing meeting. 
Like if you just do that, you're going to have a win. I'd love to hear your ideas on, on things that you could call. The, yeah. Anything that's like the routine meeting, the standing meeting. It's like, that is so boring. Like we just call it something else and you'll get, you'll get more interest. I guarantee that. Whew, getting through a lot of these here and I apologize for just the random order, but I am enjoying it. Just, just talking freely about these things. I probably should have said it earlier is ask them how they like to be contacted. And that goes for all of these strategies, right? They're not going to work. Every strategy won't work for every person. When I had Nir Aol on my podcast, the author of Indistractable, he said, oh, we're so distracted by the rings and the pings and the dings. And I really like that phrase. And so one thing I used with the team when I first met up with them late last year for this project was in our introductory call, which I had joined in on someone else's call, uh, Dan's, actually, he was a guest on this podcast, Daniel Kerr. Um, he gave me the last 15 minutes of their 60 minute agenda. So great. I didn't have to schedule a new call. I jumped in from the beginning. So I got to understand a bit more about them without having to be the person leading it. And in the last 15 minutes, I got the opportunity to find out more about them. So one of the first questions I asked, and I had just a flip chart behind me, I said, right, how do you like to be communicated with through this 20 week project? Are you a ringer, a pinger or a dinger? explain what they were. So phone call, an email or a text, what would you prefer? And I noted all their preferences and they told me what they wanted. So if they wanted a phone call, that's what I did. And just establish it up front. But using a phrase like ring, ping or ding is more exciting than would you prefer a phone? I mean, you can ask, of course, it's great. Phone call, email, WhatsApp, whatever. That's it. That's cool too. But hey, I talk about unpredictability. So yeah, that's why I'm bringing in the, the rings, pings and dings and it makes it more fun and memorable. I think, and I'm riffing on another topic here, but anytime that you can make something more conversational, the better. So the thing about email, which is kind of annoying is with every email, you got to write dear so-and-so and like <laughs> bit of small talk and then jump into what you want. That's if you're um, like me. Uh, I've worked with highly technical people. They don't do the small talk and they jump straight in. And I don't mind that actually as a recipient, I'm quite happy to do it, but I always sort of have like a one sentence opener. But if there's a tool that you can use like Teams or Slack, the best thing about those tools is you can just jump in and it's a conversation. And and that's why I love a tool like WhatsApp. And I use this a lot um, with the team from Indonesia that I used to work with. we will just communicate over WhatsApp. So you don't need to write, write your opening line. You just go, hey, what's the status with this? Or, hey, how can I help you with this? Or how did the workshop go yesterday? It's like six words as opposed to a five sentence email. And then they can respond and it's easier for them to respond to because they don't have to, again, be formal, um, which is what email seems to be like. And WhatsApp's just more fun. You can do it on the go and it means that you can write less because it's on a mobile device. Uh, So anything that you can create that's conversational and not like stagnant like email is a great thing. All right, a couple more tips. I hope you're enjoying these and I hope, well, gosh, if you have any, anything that you use, please let me know, uh, connect on LinkedIn, pop it into the flip chart or DM me on Instagram at Leanne Hughes. What I love is... It's super hard to get people's calendars like a week or two out. And often we only realize like, oh, I need to contact that person. I need them now. So how do I do that? If you can, this requires a lot of pre-planning. Look at your project, see what you've got on, see what your milestones are, and then get those calendar requests in as early as possible. I think a mistake that I made was I thought, oh, I won't do that because I don't want to create these meetings that I won't need. But you can always cancel them out, right? I would get them in the calendar first in advance, 
based on what your deadlines are, pop them in and then you've got them. Even if it's just 30 minutes, just get it in the calendar because it's really difficult to get in the calendar. And yeah, we're looking at two or three weeks out now at a minimum. I don't know if that's what you're finding um, with the organizations you work with, but even as a solopreneur, I can only get into other people's calendars and or put people into mine at least two or three weeks out. And a project productivity tip for you, often with these projects, like I said up front, is we're waiting on information that we can't control and so it gets delayed. But what I also found is that I would send a request out for either decision or more information. And then I ticked it off my list. Like I go, I've asked them for this. But my next step should have immediately been uh, to pop into my calendar like the next day or two days ahead is follow up with this person on this decision because we ourselves get so busy chasing up um, other people, asking for things, um, but we've got to actually keep keep reinforcing that and get it to close that loop we need to chase sometimes and so what I'm trying to figure out now is okay I'm sending this request off then my next move is to pop into my calendar to chase it up whenever I need it by two two weeks it could be two days whatever it is but to set that trigger because if you are the one that's leading that project or having to influence and get decisions it's really it's it's really an excuse if you say to your one up or whoever you're reporting to, oh yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't do that because so and so didn't get back to me. So it's all about that. What can we control? And what we can control is we can control asking, initiating for the information, but we should also control our ability to follow up with that person so that we can meet the deadlines that we've committed to. I know this is hard. I know things are, are difficult and it's really hard to reach people, but I hopefully have given you some information, some strategies that you can use to do that. Um, by far, my favorite is the voice note one that has just made a huge difference because A, it's different. No one's really using voice and using the voice memos feature. Just brings that relationship in though. People can hear your voice and your intentionality. Uh, so when you record that, do, do bring the energy into your voice make that person feel better as a result of having to listen to your voice note and be very clear about what you're after from them. Okay, so many tips there. Um, like I said, I think I had numbered one and two and then I just completely lost track. So what I might do is get this transcribed and get an, audio, um, get an article written about it because I think it's very relevant at the moment, particularly when working with remote teams, uh, people that we need to influence around the world that we just have never met before that are time poor and busy and important. Thank you so much for listening to the show and I wish you all the best in your work of winning friends and influencing people in an online world. Please, if you've got any other tips or you've done something that's unique that's really worked uh, in this space, let us know. Uh, shoot me an email, hello at leannehughes.com and I've mentioned all the other channels uh, earlier. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe to the First Time Facilitated Podcast. You won't miss an episode. From time to time, I release bonus episodes. So that'll just come straight into your podcast app of choice. Awesome. Have a wonderful week and chat to you next week.